0: Welcome back to Made in March. Today is Sunday, March 12th, but more importantly, today is Selection Sunday. It's finally here, Jance. How do we feel?
1: feel great. Um, Love the draw from my boys at MU.
0: Oh yeah, we're going to get into that real quick, but first, we got a person on the podcast who used to be a regular member on here. Um, He doesn't go to school with us in Wisconsin, but it's his first time in, in two years. We don't have Wesley today, but Luke, welcome back to Made in March. How does it feel?
2: Uh, it's a pleasure being back. Uh, I think I have a lot of good good insight to share to share today. Um, and with the first impressions, we'll obviously do some pretty analytical deep dives for you guys. Um, however, those are only going to get deeper over the next two days. Um, but hope hope you guys come away um, with some insight that we provide you, and hopefully, I can I can add to that because I know that these these fellas have been getting the job done with that lately.
0: I think themselves. you definitely so, will. You all, you always provide. If nothing else, a unique perspective, I would say, on would everything say Luke's, college Luke's basketball.
1: mid-major knowledge is, is next level.
0: Oh, 100%. And we're going to get into breaking down every single game in this year's bracket. Um, we're going to get into first thoughts, but first, Alex, would you like to shout out our bracket challenge on ESPN?
1: Yeah, so like you said, we're hosting an ESPN tournament challenge. Um, you guys can join it. The name is Made in March 2023, so just type that into the group name. Anyone can join um, it's completely free, and if you guys win that bracket challenge, if for some reason one of you guys gets lucky enough to be one of us, we will Venmo that winner $50. So, free to join, you got the chance to win $50, nothing for you guys to lose.
0: Yeah, sort of our gift to you for, you know, staying with us the entire season, or as this season would have it, you know, only part of the season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, last year we had 150-ish, maybe 200 people in it, and uh, you know, the winner ended up, we ended up Venmoing on $50. So, it's something that we do every year, and It's something we really enjoy, and hopefully we can keep our brackets out of that bottom percentile this year, unlike last year. Uh, But without further ado, let's get into this year's bracket. First thoughts on the selection show? where there's some teams that possibly got robbed? Are we thinking? I'm certainly thinking one, but I'll let you guys go first.
1: I think one team that got robbed was Texas A&M. This is a team that finished second in the SEC regular season. They made it to the SEC final in the tournament and they ended up as a seven seed. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I get that they started off the season bad, but the way they finished in my should have been a six, 100%.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think starting um, in 2023, they only lost two or three games and like, but prior to the uh, SEC tournament where they only lost once as well. Only lost like two or three games in January, February, and March. And that's just something that's really tough to do. And one of the more dominant conferences in college basketball in the sec um beating bama was very notable there and not only just beating them but holding them to points in the 60s um Mm -hmm. it it really (laughs) does show a lot about this team most projections had them on the five line they end up on the seven line uh, in a really really tough matchup that's going to be tough for a lot of people to pick and uh, we'll get into that later but as far as other teams that i think got snubbed i kind of mentioned three um and and three teams that got snubbed um I would put Rutgers at the top of that, uh, which, Charlie, you can deep dive into yeah. that a little more as a as a Rutgers guy yourself. But then the other two that I would say would be Clemson, who had a really, really good year, faded a little bit at the end of the year. Um, and I think it was just how the committee looked at the ACC, really, that put them out. Um, but I do think they should have gotten in over Nevada. Uh, and then also, I would say Vanderbilt um, winning, I think it was something like, Seven out of the last, it, it nine was nine or something. Ten, out, like of that. 12, ten yeah. out of the last twelve. Yeah, the last twelve, beating Kentucky twice, um, and really battling through a tough conference. Um, tough loss in the SEC tournament to Texas A&M, who is just an absolute wagon right now, if I do say so myself. Um, but those were the three teams that I would be that would I would be very pissed off if I was them because I think they all have an argument to be in the tournament right now.
0: The one team that Joe Lannardi. Got wrong in his projected bracketology. He got 67 out of the 68 teams correct. The one team he got incorrect was my Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm not gonna waste too much time going on this because I realize it's played out, and also because honestly, Rutgers, if you if you don't want to get left out of the bracket, maybe don't lose to Minnesota and give up 15 points in the last you know minute or so of the game. But I mean, come on, Pitt is getting in over them. Nevada, I think Rutgers has a way better resume. I get it. Rutgers has some bad quad three losses. But when you beat Purdue, who at the time was the number one team at Purdue, and have a bunch of other quad one wins associated with it, I think that's enough to get you into the big dance. It's it's a tough scene, but it's not something I'm going to dwell on too much.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I guess the last initial takeaway I had, just looking at the entire bracket as a whole, I think the West region – is absolutely stacked. I think those seeds, one through mm-hmm. six in that region, all have a chance to come out. Yeah, I, I think I the West is
2: stacked. I would add Arkansas to that, too, just with their athleticism and the way Nick Smith's been playing lately. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they it's just full of athleticism and, and very technically skilled teams. And, and then even VCU at the 12 line is, is... I believe that's also a snub. I can add that to the snubs. You they think should they should have been, been an 11? I think that they should have been an 11. Interesting. They played really good ball down the stretch. They've been a projected 12 for... Like four weeks now. They were projected 12, um, like at the end of February, and then they don't lose a game since and win the, uh, win, win the A10 tournament and do it in quite amazing fashion. I don't, but I they really, were
0: projected at 12 under the presumption that they were going to win the A10.
2: I suppose, but it was more in the fashion that they, it's more in the fashion that they were projected at 12 about a month ago, too, and they really haven't lost any games. So, I suppose. So um, I think that they should have been bumped up there, um, for for who that can be debated, maybe NC State from ACC, which is a pretty weak conference. But uh, yeah, I think just, NC State's bad. Uh, yeah, I'll that's, that's this, just one suggestion. But
0: um. Should we start breaking it down game by game? I feel like that's what uh, people are tuning in here for. And so we've all got our paper brackets in front of us. You know, We tend to be a little old school. But if you're following along, we're going to start in the south region, which is the top left, if you're looking at it in front of you, and go south, east, midwest, west. So top left, bottom left top right bottom right Alex you want to get us started
1: here yeah so in the first matchup in that south region we got the one-seeded Alabama Crimson Tide taking on Cream corn from Texas <laughs> A&M or SEMO Southeast Missouri. yeah the plan for, for the 16 so, I got Bama um as a surprise to no one Bama's a wagon
2: yeah, and these and these two 16 these two sixteen seeds. I mean, obviously we only had one upset, but beside that fact, these two six, 16 seeds weren't even really projected to win their tournament. Maybe Texas AMCC. Corpus LaDosa Christi was. was yeah. But but SEMO was like a four seed in there. <laughs> yeah. And they're and they're really just not that great of a ball of a ball club. So
0: But let's start talking about Alabama for a little bit. I mean, just beyond this game, obviously. I have them in my final game. What do are, are you guys have in your bracket?
2: Um, I have them getting eliminated. In my Elite eight. I think Arizona matches up really, really well against them. I mean, I'll get into it a little bit later, but
1: I've got Bama winning it all. Um, the one knock I have on Bama is their experience, but they are led by two guards in their backcourt, so that's why I think the experience will be their experience will be fine with Mark Sears, who's played in tournaments before with Ohio, and obviously Javon Quinterly has been around the block. Yeah,
0: and let's not forget star freshman Brandon Miller. And I, I really think Quinterly is the key to this team because he's a streaky player. But when Quinterly's on, Alabama is going to be really, really hard to beat.
1: Definitely. All right, moving on to this first 8-9 matchup we have. We got Maryland out of the Big 10 and West Virginia out of the Big 12. This will be the first game played
0: just in chronologically. This will be the first game on Thursday. So about 50% of brackets will no longer be perfect after the first game. I've got West Virginia in this one. I I honestly, when I was filling out my bracket, I found out I didn't have as much exposure to the Big 12, who is obviously the best conference in all of college basketball. And that was really the main reason behind picking West Virginia in this game. Also, let's not forget, they have Eric Stevenson, a.k.a. the greatest player of all time. Um, But honestly, I think Bob Huggins' team can get it done. Ken Palm loves West Virginia. They are 17 in Ken Palm, and they're a nine seed. Mathematically, that shouldn't make sense. So I think that's sort of a a warning flag if you're going to pick Maryland. But what are your guys' thoughts on it?
1: I've got Maryland in this one. West Virginia is a better offensive team, but Maryland is better defensively. I love Jameer Young, and I like what Kevin Willard's done in his first year at Maryland. He
2: has had a good first year at Maryland. Certainly better than Turgeon. Mm -hmm. You can say that with confidence. I'm uh, I'm in between on this game. Both teams have been up and down kind of the whole year in uh, Power 5 conferences. Um, Both have had some big wins. Both have had some tough losses. Uh, Right now, I have West Virginia penciled in there. Right now, they're two-point favorites. They opened up at one-point favorites. That line's already moved to two, so public money's all on them, but Vegas is going with it. Um, So right now, I do have West Virginia um, on the fact that they're in a tougher conference because these teams are very similar. Um, They do both have pretty high peaks, uh, but they also have had some pretty low valleys in the season as well. Um, But at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with the Big 12. Pretty good crutch to lean on. Yeah, another thing I
0: wanted to mention is that Maryland has not been very good away from home. Uh, I I think they were perfect at home. I could be wrong there. But I, obviously, in March Madness, you're playing at a neutral site. I get that. But just something to keep in mind.
1: All right, moving on to the first 5-12 matchup. We got San Diego State taking on Charleston, the 31-win Cougars.
0: We mentioned Charleston in our last podcast, didn't we, Alex? We said that, you know, what conference did they come out of again? The Colonial. The Colonial, that's what it is. I mean, going 31-3 is... Just impressive no matter what. Yeah, I get it. Charleston's strength schedule isn't all that. But 31-3 is still impressive. And I think that they are going to be a trendy upset pick. Mm-hmm. San Diego sure. State's coming out of the Mountain West, which is a conference that has burned a lot of people in recent years, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, definitely. The Mountain West 0-8 in their last games in the NCAA tournament. But I
0: And they still got four teams in this year.
1: Yep. I've got San Diego State winning this game. I just think defensively they're so much better. It's going to be the battle of offense versus defense. San Diego State's a way more physical team. They're going to guard the three-point line. I don't think Charleston's threes are going to be enough.
0: I think so, too. I think, at least I hope, San Diego State has sort of taken some of the hate towards them in their conference to heart a little bit. And I actually think that this game isn't particularly close. I like SDSU.
2: I, I would agree with you guys based on the athleticism um, that they've displayed. They that San Diego State had a very tough out-of-conference schedule. We lost some close games to Arkansas, teams like that. Um, beat Ohio State, who was actually at the beginning of the year playing very Damn. good basketball. People forget about that. Um, and, and then they kind of really picked up their stride in the past couple months. Um, beat some teams that were hot. San Jose State was very hot when they played them in the uh, Mountain West Conference tournament. Um, so that's a good win. Beat Utah State. Um, and the other thing that I knock on Charleston is they didn't really get that March-esque team or March-type team to play in their conference tournament because that would have been Hofstra, who they struggled with earlier this year with uh, Aaron Estrada, one of the better players in the country. So they haven't really played anybody uh, too recently. San Diego State's more physical, more athletic, so I also have San Diego State winning this game.
1: All right, so we all agree on that one. No 12 upset in the four, But I'm telling there. you, Charleston's going to be a team that a good amount of people pick. I mean, they're a good team, for sure. I mean, when you win 31 games in a season – you definitely deserve to be in a tournament. Um, I just think overall San Diego State's defense and physicality is going to be I think too so, much. too. Then we go to another similar matchup, four thirteen Virginia versus Furman. Again, Furman's a team that can really score the ball, shoot the three, and Virginia, defensive-minded team. The difference for me in this one, and I'm picking Furman, is Virginia's offense is significantly worse than San Diego State's. Ken Palm doesn't like Virginia at all. They are ranked 34th in Ken Palm as a four seed. Um, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Virginia. They're going to try and slow down the pace, but I do think Furman will be able to hit enough threes and knock off Virginia. In- important to note there, Bothwell
2: and um, or Bothwell and Jalen and Swenson, or Slauson, Um, because they had very, very good tournaments Um and especially in that game against Nuga, they looked really, really good. They're both experienced. Uh they they played for this Furman team for a few years, and and they're they're eager to go to the tournament. This first time Furman's been tournament since I think eighty two. So getting there was a big deal. But from the sounds of it, it's, seems like their work's not done. Um, that being said, I did go with Virginia based on the experience of having Kiehe Clark, Reese Beekman. You have Gardner. Um, I I just think that the experience and then Tony Bennett at the helm really propels them through, but this will be a really fun game to watch uh, if you if you really do like um, kind of scrapping it out kind of games.
0: It'll be interesting to see what team's style of play wins out, I guess, But and, and this is when I've kind of gone back and forth on it, but I get it, Furman's a really good three-point shooting team, but I don't know if they've seen a perimeter defense like Virginia, and mm-hmm. I think that's really going to be a shock to them. And I just, I don't see Virginia losing. They lost in this exact same spot on the bracket two years ago as a four seed to versus Ohio. Ohio. Alex, we, we both called that game. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it happening again. So I'm going to roll with Virginia too, but you could do worse for an upset pick. I don't absolutely hate this Furman pick.
1: I do want to say one thing about Virginia. I am picking against them in the first round, but I think this is a team that if they were to beat Furman and then win their next round game, I think they could cause Bama some fits just because they're two completely different styles yeah. of basketball. Bama likes to run. Virginia will slow it down. They will control the pace. I'm just not sold on the Virginia team. Yeah, Virginia's starting to become Tosa East U. They got Leon Bond there and Reese Beekman, so that's yeah. two guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's kind of that's cool. But also, yeah, like I said, veteran experience with those two guards, Beekman and Clark, and then you have Gardner and Armand Franklin, very, very key player for them. Uh, I think going going down the stretch, if they want to, you know, knock off a San Diego State or Charleston, you know, whoever comes out of that, and then in Alabama, he needs to play well, and, and so
1: does Gardner. Yeah. All right, so first disagreement really besides that Maryland-West Virginia game, but that one was basically a toss-up. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm pretty confident in my West Virginia okay. pick. Moving on, though, we got Creighton Blue Jays as the sixth seed from the Big East and the NC State Wolfpack as the 11. I'll I'm s- rocking with Creighton. Yeah,
0: I mean – I NC State has one quad one win. That is not necessarily the team I want to wrap my arms around, getting an at-large on, on the 11 line. And Creighton, I could, I could see a myriad of things happening for Creighton because we've seen them go stretches this year where they've played really bad basketball, and we've seen them go stretches where they play really good basketball. But just in general, they have a lot of upside. I mean, they have players everywhere, runner down low, when Baylor Sharman's hitting his threes, I'm not sure that there that there are that many people in the country better than him, to be honest. And then their guards. I I have Creighton going on a little Elite Eight run here, just a sneak peek in my bracket. But, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I don't think NC State's going to be that big of a hurdle for Creighton to clear.
1: Yeah, I got Creighton winning this one as well. The two guys you got to watch out for on NC State are Traquavion Smith and Jarrell Joyner. It's a pretty good backcourt. It is. They did beat Duke and Miami in the same week this year. I just think overall Creighton, they're a more well-rounded team. They're, they're just a the better team by far. Agree. But I don't see Creighton going on much of a run.
2: I mean, the big key to Creighton really is Ryan Nemhard, and when when he is playing, and when he, when he is on, I I think that they do really special things. If when you look at their loss to Xavier in the Big East tournament, Nemhard had five points, he had six rebounds, six assists, so he's always contributing. But that's not the kind of contribution you need to Who do you think get, the key to the team is? I'm interested to hear. I think
1: there are two keys, and I think it's Kaluma and Shireman.
0: I, I think it's Baylor And Shireman. the reason
1: why I only have Creighton winning one game and losing to Baylor in the next round is because those two have been so inconsistent this year.
0: Especially Arthur Kaluma. Let's not forget, last year in the second-round game, when Creighton was, I believe, a 9 seed, going up against one seed to Kansas, Arthur Kaluma, as a freshman, dropped what, like, 22 and 10 with like three made threes. We haven't even seen that one game this year. If he can somehow unlock that for the tournament again this year, which is not even necessarily something I'm anticipating, it could be dangerous. And we've talked about Ken Palm a lot on this podcast. Creighton meets the Ken Palm metric to win it all. I am not anticipating that that's going to happen. I just think it's something to point out. In Ken Palm, they're 13th overall with 28th in adjusted offense and 15th in adjusted defense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I love Creighton. I think after that losing streak they had earlier in the season, which was, what, seven games, eight games, something like that. Yeah, it, it kid, was like five, six Big's games. Kid, they played, they, one, they played tough teams. Two, Colt Brennan injury was kind of in the middle of that as well. Um, three... It It's going to happen early in the year, but how they responded to that to really put themselves yeah. back in a position to play in March as a 6th seed, I think it's really set up well for them. I have them going the furthest out of us three, going to the Sweet 16. No, you don't. I have my lead Eight. Oh, okay. I thought you had them Sweet 16 as well. Yeah. But I have them going to the Sweet 16, and that's because they have five guys that start that can all drop double digits. They did it against Nova in the Big East Tournament, and not many teams have five guys that are capable. Like, night in, night out, you can expect that there's a chance that they're going to drop double digits. So that's really impressive. I'll give you
1: a counter argument to that. They have five great starters. There's no doubt about that. Maybe a couple are a little inconsistent at times. But let's look at that next round game against Xavier. They got absolutely rocked because they have no depth whatsoever.
0: I would agree with that. But I think that they've got a little bit of time to rest up for this tournament. And yeah, you know, you play a game, then you get a day off, and you play another game. But let's say they win those two games. You get almost a full week off before your third round matchup.
2: I mean, I think that that's a valid counter-argument, Alex, and that's why I have him going out um, to Arizona because once you go up against the beasts of Arizona when you have to have Balo and two ballasts down low, you're going to get in foul trouble. Kirk Creese is a smart player. When you face a team like that, I, and, and Baylor's a smart team as well, but I just think that Creighton's got a little bit of magic to him, and Ken Palm suggests it too. So that's why I find them yeah. going into my Sweet 16. And also, there's a lot of guys they can go to if one or two do get in foul trouble, I'll do that
1: they do have a liability or two on the floor offensively. That's fair. All right, moving on to the next round. We got Baylor versus the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Shout out Lucas for Jerry, Andrew Neil if you're listening to this podcast. We love the Gauchos here, but I'm afraid they're not getting it done against Baylor.
2: Really tough draw for, for the Gauchos. I mean, because you, you want to pick them so bad, they they do have a lot of talent. They can score points, but we just can't forget that Scott Drew coaches the Baylor Bears. and And we cannot forget like that that they're a good ball club. They're coming out of the best conference in America. And I just don't see the Gauchos really kind of coming in within an arm's length this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Gauchos really have no experience whatsoever playing good teams. You look at just the matchup preview that ESPN gives you their notable results are a win and a loss versus UC Irvine. If that's the <laughs> best competition they got. They're in for a very rude awakening. Shout-out Ajay Mitchell, though, on UCSB. He can get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Baylor's guards, and I think that's going to take them to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean,
0: Baylor's offense is way too good for UCSB to keep up with. It, it, it's just as plain and simple as that. Yeah, Baylor's, you know, got some holes on their defense, I would say. But as far as this UCSB game is concerned, I really don't think it'll be a problem
2: for I mean, them. And you look around at the teams from mid-majors that can pull upsets. They don't have losing streaks in conference. Just recently in February, I mean... Three losses in a row, two of which were at home, for for UCSB to UC Irvine, UC Riverside, and Cal State Fullerton. That's not impressive. Shows me, you know, maybe they have some flash to them, but yeah. they're not consistent enough. I'm not reliable enough to pick shout especially out, against Baylor.
0: Shout out Seth Davis on the selection though, show though. He in this region, he picked Santa Barbara over Baylor. He picked Charleston over San Diego State, and he picked Furman over Virginia. Talk about a bracket with a lot of upsets. Yeah.
1: Um, let's just talk about Creighton-Baylor real quick, the potential round of 32 matchup. Here's why I picked Baylor. I think Creighton defensively, Ken Palm loves them mainly because of Ryan Kalkbrenner. Yeah. The big East defensive player of the year. But you look at Baylor's makeup. They're a guard-led team. They take a lot of threes. They take a lot of middies. I don't think Kalkbrenner is going to be a big problem for Baylor and what they want to do on offense. I don't think he's going to really impact that game on the defensive end. I like Baylor hit a lot of threes against Creighton. If it's a shootout, give me Baylor.
0: Yeah, fair. One thing about Baylor that does need to be noted, though, they kind of, at least relatively, limped into this bracket. I mean, yeah. they've they've had two losses sure. to Iowa State in the last two weeks. Iowa
2: State stinks, in my opinion.
0: I, I don't know. We'll get to Iowa State later. We'll get to them later. But, but yes, Baylor something has been to know. struggling as of yeah. late.
1: All right, moving on to the 7-10 matchup, we got Missouri versus Utah State. Charlie, complete toss-up for you. Who do you yeah, like?
0: Yeah, we were talking pre-podcast on this. Can somebody please tell me who to pick in this game?
2: Missouri shoots the ball well. Like, Utah please. State shoots the ball well. It's just who's on that day. That's really what it is. And mm, it's not like either's home. Disagree. Not, not it's really it's like more than home. that.
1: They both shoot the ball well, but at the end of the day, Utah State's way better defensively.
0: And Ken Palm loves Utah State. I mean, it's it's hard to pick Mountain West teams after, you know, the amount of times they've burned us in previous years, but... I mean, let's just look at Ken Palm. Utah State is 18. Let's look at Missouri.
2: Mizzou's been hot lately. Too. They're
0: 51 in Ken Palm. That's crazy low. They,
2: they just beat Tennessee. I mean, get it without Ziegler, but that's still a nice win. And, you, right. and you're saying how good Utah State is defensively. Tennessee, good defensive team. Um, they were able to hang 79 on Tennessee, so I'm not really concerned about that. It's really just if Mizzou's hitting their shots or not. So that's ultimately why I did go you know, with Mizzou in this game. I think they're just a little bit more athletic of a team than Utah State. Um, and, and better conference as well. Um, but but that doesn't mean to diminish on what Utah State can do because this was a pretty toss-up game for me as well. Um, these 7-10 games that we got drawn this year are pretty tough. So but Yeah, I, went with
0: I mean, I went with Mizzou as well just because I really liked what I saw out of them in the SEC tournament. And I want to shout out two players on their team, Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge. This team can get it done on offense. Yeah. Like, we know that about Missouri, and I think you're right, Lucas. Just are are they going to be hitting their shots?
1: Nick Honors hit a lot of big shots for Mizzou as well. Yeah. All right, lastly, last game of the first round in that south region, we got Arizona versus Princeton. Princeton, great win today over Yale in the Ivy.
2: <laughs> they looked really good. I mean, they're executing at a high level. However, Arizona, I mean, those two big guys down there are just going to absolutely yeah. abuse Princeton. <laughs> yeah. Not, not not, to take anything away from the season Princeton's had. Maybe they could have had a better draw if they got bumped up to a 14, whatever Maybe. Right, you can, I don't you think they deserved the 14. No, I, I mean, you can argue it. Yeah. I don't think they did either. But I'm just saying, you know, tough draw for them uh match up terribly against Arizona. They got some players on Princeton that can shoot the ball, but at the end of the day, down low in the paint, Arizona's gonna win paint points by at least 25. Yeah, and this is an
0: Arizona team that won the Pac-12 tournament beating UCLA in the championship game. Granted, it was a little bit of a banged up UCLA team, but still I liked what I saw out of Arizona. And Luke, I know you have Arizona going far in this bracket.
2: Yeah, I think they're I think they're a very well-rounded team. I mean you talk about the guys they have uh Carissa and Larson, I mean they can light it up. And and is a really good facilitator um, the fact that you have two guys on the block, like 2Ballis and Bolo, um, and, yeah. and that also, and they've also shown they can crash the offensive boards, and 2Ballis can also work from the perimeter too. So that's kind of a really interesting team to see. Um, I just think they're very well-rounded. I think that they have a lot of intensity. They're feeling really good going into the tournament. And the fact that they do have a 2-seed, so they're unlikely to get upset, I kind of almost hope Princeton comes out hot a little bit against them to wake them up and, and maybe keep that intensity going, because when they play intense and give those big boys the ball, they're a really tough team to beat.
0: Arizona needs Courtney Ramey to not stink like he has most of the year, in my opinion. He hit that big shot against UCLA, but other than that, he's been really inefficient this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got Zona one and two. I got him losing to Baylor in the Sweet 16. Um, defensively, it's a bit worrisome for Baylor because Zona can hit some threes. But I think Scott Drew, come March, will get the boys ready defensively. So
0: you got Baylor in the Elite Eight. I do. There you go. You did call him a Final Four team a little bit ago. They may have limped into March Madness a little well. bit. But, yeah, I don't hate it. Shall we move on into the East region, which, once again, if you're looking at a bracket, is bottom left?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll start with Purdue versus the winner of Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson.
0: If you notice on the selection show, they actually got this wrong initially. Yeah. They had like They had Howard playing them again. I was like, wait a minute. Howard's playing <laughs> Purdue and Kansas? Poor Howard. A brutal beat for Howard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's <laughs> tough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no no real surprise here. Shout-out to Purdue for winning the Big Ten regular season and tournament. Very well-deserving of a one-seed. Zach Eadie's just going to be
2: such a mismatch for a lot of teams, especially – these 16 and, and it was and it was more than Zachary I mean the way Gillis has stepped up and played lately uh Braden Smith and I know Fletcher Lawyer missed a few layups or not layups a few free throws um uh, down the stretch at the end of the game today that almost cost him but same time it is that you know young backcourt but they are talented and they do have veteran leadership and and the younger guys have been stepping up a lot more in the role players I mean like I said you talk about uh Gillis specifically he's been playing really well Really good ball lately. I like this Purdue team, and also if you notice on the selection Sunday ticker, it said Texas Southern actually leads the NCAA and NCAA tournament losses. So um, that's 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 pretty interesting as well. I think but they're gonna tack on another one to that. I would I would agree.
1: Yeah, give me Purdue as well. Not much else yeah. to say there. The thing about
2: Purdue though, just one more
0: thing is they're like. Their guards have been stepping up recently, but they're going to need to keep stepping up because they're going to get shots with Edie down low. Morton, Morton's a
2: big, like I said, Morton and Gillis are They're going to
0: have a lot of attempts, and as long as they're hitting them, Purdue's going to be pretty hard to beat.
1: One thing to note about Purdue, though, you mentioned the guards, both freshmen, mm-hmm. like yeah. Treloar yep. and Bradensmith. Yep. And I think
0: that they play a little bit above their age, Definitely. but but you never know when that's really going to show.
2: Yeah. Like I said, veteran leadership, role players, It's there's a lot of, you know, X factors for Purdue because, you know, when you're getting out of ED, it's really just execution for them. Yeah,
1: for sure. Now moving on to the 8-9, what I think is one of the most intriguing first-round matchups. We got Memphis, who just took down Houston today to win their conference against FAU, a team I absolutely love. Yeah,
0: talk about FAU for a little bit. I mean, you've been singing their praises for what seems like months now.
1: I got FAU in this one. They're a guard-led team. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to make a lot of threes. They also like to crash the glass. Um, which I like about this FAU team, and they got a good big down low. I think I think Memphis is a good team. I think they can definitely – they have talent. Obviously, Kendrick Davis, great player, can really score the ball. I just think FAU is the more well-rounded team.
0: This is a game where I wanted to pick both these teams to win at least one game in my bracket. It's just by virtue of the matchup, you know, I, I can't. And, and I'm going to rock with Memphis in this one. I love the physicality they showed versus Houston in the AAC championship where they actually won. Yes, I know. Houston did not have Marcus Sasser; He was out with a groin injury. But, I mean, you mentioned him. Kendrick Davis. Luke, you've been talking about
2: Kendrick Davis to years. us for years when he the was fact, on the SMU. Fact, the fact that he was not a top 15 candidate for player of the year this year is absolutely ridiculous. Cramino. I mean, he
0: averages 20-plus a game, and
2: he can get his own. That's for sure. Especially against power five teams ranked in the top 25. He has been unreal. dropped 26-plus yeah. against... Auburn, Alabama, um, and against Alabama, he dropped 30. Um, and then A&M, he had 23-9 and nine in their win against A&M. Good team. Um, I mean, he just played really, really good ball. They beat VCU. He dropped 27 in that one. Yeah. So, And Vanderbilt, they also beat. He I, dropped 20-plus. I wanted to
0: shout out DeAndre Williams because I feel like when you talk about Memphis, you only talk about Kendrick Davis, or at least most people do. DeAndre Williams is pretty good. He's basically a grandpa at this point. He is 26 years old. That is crazy for college basketball. But I think he averages, what, like maybe 15 a game? He's another nice piece for that team.
1: Double-double machine. This
0: is going to be a game that I'm really looking forward to watching. I have Memphis, and I honestly think Memphis is going to be the popular pick here. I'm guessing about 60-ish percent of the public is going to pick Memphis. But don't be surprised if FAU comes out firing from three.
1: I think both of these teams could cause Purdue some problems. Um, For me, I don't I I don't know about
2: FAU. I, I think do. Memphis could. Yes, I would I would agree with we'll that. See.
1: I don't like Penny Hardaway as a coach necessarily, and I think Memphis struggles against these small ball teams, and FAU's not your traditional small ball team because they can rebound even though they are small.
2: And they've okay. just been whooping ass lately. UAB is playing on Saturday to get into the tournament. They have Eric Gaines, a lot of hype surrounding them going into the year. Nobody talks about Jelly FAU Walker, the whole year. Too, of UAB. Yeah, Jelly Walker. And UAB's looking for a spot in that tournament. FAU out athleticismed UAB and beat them by <laughs> and beat them by 22. That was an ass kicking. That's not something you see. Yeah. And you know that they wanted that game back. They, it was a revenge tour because they lost to Middle Tennessee earlier this year and UAB. Those were their two losses, both on the road. They beat both of them in the neutral site in the, in the postseason tournament, um, in that conference. So I love this FAU team. I Kendrick Davis, one of my favorite players in college basketball to watch. Mentioned him for years on end. I really hope. Like, I, I might be rooting for Memphis, even though I'm picking against them, just because I love that guy so much. But I really just think FAU gets it done. I think they're a more consistent team. So you guys
0: both have FAU? Yeah, like I a mean, look,
2: look at the teams that gave, like, Memphis fits. I mean, it, it was teams that were kind of sneaky athletic, like a UCF, like a two-lane. Right, right, like don't that. get me wrong.
0: I'm not overlooking FAU. I, I think a lot of people actually will overlook them, but... They, they are not to be overlooked. I, I think they could easily win this game.
1: I think FAU is going to give Kendrick Davis the jelly walker treatment. They're going to let him get his. Kendrick Davis probably will go for 30 in this game, but they're <laughs> going to make – no one else on Memphis is going to step up. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yep. All right, moving on. We got Duke versus Oral Roberts. Low 512 here. I've got Duke in this one. Uh, I also have Duke in my final four. They are red hot right now.
0: Yeah, I've got Duke in my Elite Eight, and I think a lot. I think that's going to be a trendy pick. I mean, they're playing such good basketball right now. But let's not forget about Oral Roberts. We mentioned them on the last podcast. They're a team that has got it done in March as recently as two years ago when they were a 15 seed um, going to the Sweet 16. They have Max Asmus, one of the best scorers in the country. And they also have Connor Vanover, four big, who admittedly probably weighs about 150 pounds down low, but still a mismatch for a lot of teams. I have Duke in my Elite Eight, but... I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't worried about this Oral Roberts matchup.
2: I picked Oral Roberts here. You know what? This is a lot like to me. You know, a team struggling, a team struggling a little bit throughout the year, has a lot of talent, goes in, makes run their conference tournament, wins their conference championship. Everybody's talking about them being a Final Four pick. Iowa that from last like? year. Iowa from last year, <laughs> and 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 kind of a decent amount of youth on Duke, and let's let's. Not forget to mention, or Roberts did not lose a conference game. I get that they are in a league there. that's not great in in the Summit League, but that is really difficult to do. And and especially the way they responded. I mean, they got crushed against Houston earlier this year. Um, but and and they kind of re- responded and played pretty well. Um, they whooped South Dakota State, who early on was looking like you know they could maybe challenge them in that Summit League. And they beat, Liberty South by, Dakota they beat Liberty by 14. <laughs> Early in the year, you can look. South Dakota State was playing good ball. I just think this Oral Roberts team has been getting better throughout the year, and nobody's recognizing it just because they're pounding these teams from the Summit League. But going undefeated in conference and any conference
1: is really
2: difficult to do. Tip of the That's cap.
1: Impressive. Congrats. They haven't beat a team in this tournament.
0: Tip of the cap to Oral Roberts for going undefeated have, in the Summit. And
1: they have veteran leadership. But so. this
0: is the same argument I made for South Dakota State last year when they were on the 13 line versus Providence. I said, hey, they haven't lost a game in the Summit League. I think I'm going to go pick them. And guess what? Providence beats them. But I'm giving you a hard time. I mean, I actually like the Oral Roberts pick. I think it's a nice, you know, zig when others are zagging type of pick. Because a lot of people are going to pick Duke. I mean, and why wouldn't you? They're playing such great ball right now. But I I just, I don't see Earl Roberts beating
1: Duke. Duke is way too big. They're good on both sides of the ball. And Tyrese Proctor, credit to John Schreier for moving him. To run point and let Jeremy Roach be more of a scorer and play the two. Because that's been really effective. And Tyrese Proctor is a very underrated defender. I love this Duke team. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. see any way in which Oral Roberts beats Duke, personally. But...
2: I mean, I, it's very, it's very well possible. I said that about or Roberts against Ohio State when I had Ohio State winning it all. <laughs> so I don't, oh, I, don't so really wanna, got, I don't really want to. I don't really want to sing some the crazy. Roberts. Here. No, against Oral Roberts, I'm picking them, brother. You have them and in your Sweet Sixteen. You're, you're, you're scared of them. I do have them in my Sweet Sixteen because I think if they get through, you think um, they're going to um, capture I, lightning I, in that bottle again. I, I do because I think that Tennessee would be way too difficult of a matchup for them. However, Ziegler being done for the year for Tennessee. I think that that just opens the door for Max Miss to just absolutely go off against a team that does not score very many points. So yep. I, I just I, that's why I like him in my sweet 16. Let's talk about Tennessee but, here.
1: Yeah, so they got the Raging Cajuns uh, from Louisiana in the first round in the 4-13 matchup. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about the Raging Cajuns. Not,
2: um, not even the best team in their conference, in my opinion. They got lucky. I Mar- mean, Marshall's a better team. Southern Miss was a better team and they just kind of got, like, those two teams got upset escape. Like, congratulations, big thing, winning the conference tournament. You had a good year, still have a good record, but not impressed. They barely beat South Alabama in the final, got into, like, a huge altercation fight thing. I just don't like the energy coming from that team.
1: Yeah, the Raging Cajuns, one thing about them is they do have a former McDonald's All-American center for them, which is interesting. They're a good rebounding team, I'll give them that, and they shoot it okay from three, but I think Tennessee's size is going to be too much. They lost Sakai Ziegler, but they're still a deep team. Um, Mayshak has really stepped up for Tennessee since Sakai mm-hmm. Ziegler got hurt. Give me Tennessee in this one. Yeah, I don't
0: love Tennessee long term without Ziegler, but I do think that they beat the Raging Cajuns.
2: Just not really something I see happening, you know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Raging Cajuns barely beat like Texas State. I like, think are, I are, are think they're serious? they're around a hundred and. Yeah, I, too, I I, can I really I really am not impressed um yeah they're 92nd if, if you're putting up 64 against texas state then you're going to be putting up maybe 45 against tennessee and you're just not going <laughs> yeah, to put up yeah. 45 so
1: glad we're all on the same page there with tennessee um moving on to the next game we've got kentucky taking on providence really I know really this tough is, one this is a spot you were hoping to see Rutgers.
0: it was but i i don't like that you're opening up a fresh wound um <laughs> <laughs> but Rutgers might as well be there because I'm going to go with the 11th seed. I think Providence beats Kentucky. I I mean, Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt was playing better at the end of the year, but they lost to Vanderbilt twice, including once at home. And it's I've seen just way too much inconsistency around this Kentucky team. Providence has also been playing bad lately. I would be remiss not to say that, but I trust Ed Cooley to get the boys playing well when it really matters. And I actually think Providence matches up pretty well against Kentucky. I think that they've got guys down low like Bryce Hopkins that can contain Oscar Shibway. Ned
1: Croswell, he's a bruiser down low.
0: And Bynum's going to be a fun guy to see in March. I'm going with Providence, and I actually have them in my Sweet 16.
1: Interesting. I, I don't mind that pick. I don't. I've got Providence winning this game and losing in the next round. I agree with what you said. I think they'll be able to battle down low with Shibway. And Kentucky, frankly, they can't shoot the three ball for shit. So give me Providence. Ed Cooley's a better coach than John Calipari. No one can change my mind on that. I'm rocking with the Friars.
2: And I don't dispute that. Um, and I think it's important to point out the Vanderbilt losses. Vanderbilt became a bubble team through that. But again, loss you don't want to have. But, and I don't like to play like the hypothetical game. But if you look at Kentucky ever since that bad Georgia loss, they lost to Georgia. Bad loss. One on the road at Mississippi State. One at home against Tennessee. On the road at Florida. I get it without Castleton. Then beat Auburn. And they're beating these teams pretty badly, None too. None of
1: those wins really stand
2: out. <laughs> Auburn, versus Auburn, 86-54. to That doesn't stand out to I, you. I don't like Auburn. Beating, beating Tennessee by 16 points. Or, I mean, by 12 points. Solid
1: Credit to them. I got when, when they're 10, putting, up, in one game.
2: putting up 66 against them. And then beating Arkansas 88-79 <laughs> to on the road. Another team I don't have winning a game. However... They're athletic. I just think that Kentucky, if they get hot, they get the right pieces going. If Jacob Toppin shoots the ball well and he plays good he basketball, the they, can well get, they can get hot. He has in, the, in those games that they've won big. So I get that they're inconsistent, but I think Kentucky catches fire. I have them beating Providence, and then I have them beating Kansas State and going to my Sweet 16.
0: So what I'm drawing from this is that, at least for you and me, we, we don't really like K-State. No. I mean, we can get into that game next unless we have more to say about
1: this one. I think Kentucky's just a terrible pick, to be <laughs> I
2: But Oscar Boy's a dog, and you also know I love my big men, so maybe that's just a preference Did thing. you, you love Kentucky
1: last year? How far did Boy get him last year?
2: I actually don't remember loving Kentucky last year. They lost to year. St.
1: Peter's. I'm just going to throw that out there. Kentucky's frauds, again, they're cooked. 1st round exit. Cal Perry, his head coaching job should be up for debate.
0: Right. Coach Cal is, well, okay, I'm not going to go there. Coach Cal is is the bigger name out of the two, but when it comes to who's the better coach in this matchup, I I don't think that there's any debate. It said cool. I don't
2: dispute that either.
1: All right. Well, moving into the three fourteen matchup, we got K-State versus Montana State. K-State led by Marquise Noel, Noel, however you want to pronounce it, and Keontae Johnson. Um, Pretty good backcourt if you want to consider Keontae a guard or forward, whatever. But I think this K-State team is a bit overhyped personally um, they rely
0: way too much on those two guys
1: Mm -hmm. I agree I mean they played in the big 12 they had a good year credit to Jerome Tang he did a fantastic job at K-State this year I have this team pick we're winning two games but I'm very reluctant in doing so
0: Alex just pick the Friars over them in the second round just (laughs) do it you're gonna feel so much better about yourself
1: I, I think the Friars, they've been playing bad ball. I think they can squeak past Kentucky, but I don't think they are going to get past I just think days. Kansas
0: State's way too reliant on their dynamic duo. And if one of them has an off night, they, I, they might not be on upset alert with Montana State, but, but you never know. Yes, they play in the Big 12. They're battle-tested. I think that's their one real advantage. But aside from that, I, I really don't like this Kansas State team.
2: I have him winning this game,
0: granted, but
2: uh. I, I don't either, but I have him winning this game primarily because I think that again they're they're a physical team. You look at especially what Keontae Johnson does, he can score at a bunch of different levels because of how strong he is. Um and, and I like his game a lot. I just don't think Montana State keeps up with them physically. Yeah. Also when's the last team, or when's the last time a team from the big sky won an NCAA tournament game? It's been forever. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I just I just shot, don't yeah. trust that conference at all.
0: Yeah. It's, so. it's it's either the Montana Grizz or this year Montana State. Something to mention is
2: that... I think Kennesaw State, I would pick them beating, beating Kansas State if they got them as a 14.
0: Maybe. I mean, something to point out is that Ken Palm does not like Kansas State either. Clocking in at
2: 24 as a three seed, the alarm bells start ringing a little bit. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks. You kind of want to pick against them, and you wish that they got, like, like I said, Kennesaw State or the gauchos as their fourteen seed because then you're just like oh I, man i love this matchup but no unfortunately they got montana state who is definitely the worst fourteen seed
1: in my opinion so yeah. yeah this montana state team though they're a decent defensive team and they are going to slow down the pace a lot so maybe if they get out to an early lead they can kind of hold on but i don't see it happening um so moving on to the next match we got sparty versus usc this is another interesting game and i think a lot of teams are going to be overlooking usc
2: i agree i'm with you on this one as a big 10 truther i am with you on this one all the way you're
1: definitely a big 10 truther
2: i listen i think that usc has had their ups and downs this year um i really do like the way boogie i plays they beat a hot arizona state team pretty recently played arizona really tightly and then they ended up losing to that same arizona state team in the uh, pac-12 tournament Um, But yeah, I think they're a little bit discredited, overlooked. Um, Weird for me to say, but I do think that the Pac-12 as a conference has been overlooked a little bit this year. You'll probably never, ever hear me say that again. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I like them. I just don't think that Michigan State, like we mentioned, they don't have the guy. Tom Izzo and March, great. We love Izzo and March. Hogard, really good floor general. Joey Hauser has not impressed me a ton this season. I expected more out of him this season. Uh, I mean have, okay what what more guy. do you really want
0: out of Hauser? Like I feel like he you kind of know what you're getting
2: with him. I suppose I just at at the end of a lot of games they don't always necessarily go to him. They'll go to some of their guards ahead of him that that's, I don't think are bucket getters. So That's a valid I
1: mean, Tyson Walker's a bucket getter. He
2: yeah, he he can But as far as hitting an open
0: shot, yes. I agree Hauser
2: is the person run who run I a play, play for Hauser. The you ball don't in have hands. like get yeah, you can have the ball in Walker Hogarth's hands but getting it to Hauser I just don't Think that this Michigan State team is set up in a way that I see them going far. USC think is pretty dynamic so I have USC winning this game. This could go either way I'm gonna disagree with you guys.
0: I have Michigan State. I think that they're a balanced team. I really like their guard play you mentioned Hauser, I think that he can get hot. Yes, Michigan State kind of lacks a big man. Sissoko is not really going to provide you anything on the offensive end. I, defensively, he's okay, though. Um, just mainly, I, I'm not really willing to bet against Tom Izzo here. It's March Madness. Like, what are we doing? So,
1: Michigan Yeah, State. I'm going to rock with USC here. I think they've dealt with some injuries throughout the season, which is why they are a 10 seed. I think they could have been a little higher if they had been healthy. This is a team that took down UCLA in the regular season. Uh, I'm going to rock with Boogie Ellis. Um, but one thing to note is this game is going to be played in Columbus, Ohio, so it could be heavily uh, packed with Michigan State fans, which oh, could be worrisome, be. so that's something to keep note Seems of. Seems like the
2: kind of van base that I'll definitely travel to. Yeah, Dude, you, you have, I mean, I'll get into it later, but I have so many qualms with how the committee went about scheduling this. <laughs> like, let's, just, let's just move on to Marquette, Vermont. Alex! Yes.
1: Get us started here! Two Marquette Mar- gold Mar- marquette versus 15th Vermont. Thank you, committee, for giving them the respect that they deserve. If they would have been a three seed behind Baylor, which I did see in some people's bracketologies, I would have lost my shit, to be completely honest. Well-deserved two seed, Big East regular season champs and tournament champs. I got Marquette going to the Elite Eight, losing to Duke.
0: I have Marquette in my Final Four, really because, I mean, I like the team, obviously, but I thought that Marquette got a really good draw. Michigan State... I I think that they're okay, but, I mean, I see Marquette, you know, sort of cruising past that game. We've already talked about Kansas State as a three seed. I have them getting bounced, so I think that Marquette has a really clear path to at least the Elite Eight. And then, I mean, I have Purdue getting bounced as well in my bracket, so I think Marquette's got a really good path to the Final Four. I think it's about time that they got a good draw. Mm-hmm. They've got Biggie's Player of the Year, Tyler Kolek, who is an absolute floor general out mm-hmm. there. His
2: improvement has been just phenomenal over the past year. I mean, I talked to Alex about it the other day. Just his decision-making, the way he yeah. attacks, he's, he's really stepped up and become a staple for Marquette. And, and really, ultimately, I think
1: he's the big reason why they finished head of their projected what yeah was like ninth in the big east. Yeah, I mean you can Stod. you can say that, like look at their improvement for a ton of guys. You can look at also yeah, you can look at Cam, you can look at Stevie. Mm-hmm. I think Shaka's done an exceptional job. I he would get my vote, no bias for coach of the year over yeah. Jerome Tang of K-State.
0: The two guys that I really want to point out at Marquette that I think have been a lot of the driving factor behind their recent success Number one, you mentioned him, Stevie Mitchell. He's out there on the court because of what he brings on the defensive end. Talk about a hound on defense. And then David Joplin, he won Big East, Sixth Man of the Year, I believe. He played really, really good in the Big East tournament. If he can be hitting shots in March Madness, I mean, Marquette's really scary.
1: Definitely. I think the one thing for Marquette, Cam Jones needs to get going. He has not been shooting it that well as of late from behind the arc. They
2: also got to make sure they're hitting their free throws. Let's oh, give yeah, some damn sure. credit to these catamounts for just dominating the American East the past few years. And and the fact that they also haven't lost a game since January eleventh. I get they play in an easier conference, but still, I mean they've just become a dominant team. They beat Colgate on the road earlier, which again, good win for them. But again, Marquette's just gonna be too much. Uh too much for, for this team. Yeah. However, yeah, I mean I mean they've had some impressive showings. They only lost by two at USC, so it's like you know, they, they have some dog in them, but Marquette's got more dog in them.
1: So, yeah. All right. Then we will move on to the Midwest region.
0: Yep. Top right.
1: We've got Houston coming in as the number two overall seed in the tournament. They're a one seed taking on the Northern Kentucky Norse, of the Horizon. <laughs> the Horizon <laughs> League is
2: so ass. Like, don't even get me started on the Horizon League. I, will, I don't think I'll ever pick a damn Horizon League team. Milwaukee's got some young and up and coming guys, but that's not going to win them any games in the tournament. It just means they'll make the tournament. The Horizon League is buns. I don't want to hear an argument for Horizon League winning in the next five years unless a <laughs> miracle happens. Because again, when's the last time they won? Like between like them and like some of these six, other sixteen seeds? I just, you know, let's, it's, it's Houston. Even without Sasser, it's not close. Let's
0: talk about Houston holistically a little bit here, though. Marcus Sasser was out for the AAC championship game with an apparent groin injury, although he did warm up. Look bad, though. Look bad. Those
2: things pull at you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced it personally, but you would think if someone's warming up for the championship game, you know, with another five days of rest, that he might be ready to go, or at least ready to go for their second-round game. But if Houston doesn't have Marcus Sasser for an extended period of time, I'm not saying it kills all their chances at, you know, a Final Four or even winning it all, but that would be a really big blow to them.
1: I think the way the bracket shaped out for Houston, I think they'll be okay where they can make it past the first think few so games without I Sasser. I don't know about that. But. I personally think he'll play. Maybe not the first game just because they most definitely don't need him. But then again, he's not going to be 100%. Whether he plays or doesn't play, he won't be 100%. There's no chance. I, and so I've got Houston going to the Elite Eight and getting bounced there.
2: I think Houston would be absolutely stupid to play Marcus Sass from the first game.
1: I tend to agree with and, and that. And because they would, they're yeah. going
2: to win that ballgame. But, but even then, that's like, what, only a week out of a grand injury? That thing lingers... And in basketball, yeah. where you cut so much, that's gonna affect you. And when you look at who they have to play in the second round, between Iowa or Auburn, if Iowa wins, they're a very streaky team with a lot of good shooters. I um, mean, Houston's whole thing is defense, but Iowa puts up a lot of points. So that would be tough to have Sasher, um, you know, limping against that could be a tough matchup. Or you play Auburn. Again, a team that's gonna be playing in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like it it's it's a little bit of a tough draw for them. Better than getting like an Arkansas or like a Maryland, West Virginia. But I still think that— I don't think it's that tough of a draw. I, I think that it's a scary draw. We can say it's maybe not as tough of a draw. But you I mean, just looking down,
0: draw. like, I'm not too intimidated by Miami and Indiana. Like, maybe they might have some trouble against possibly Iowa or an Auburn in Birmingham, sure. But I think if you if can get past that first game and second game, I really don't think
2: it's too terrible of a draw. Yeah, I think them. if they get to the Sweet 16, they'll go pretty far. I would yeah. agree. I don't have them going to the Sweet 16, but...
0: I have them in my Final Four, but I'm debating the switch. I I like Texas as well, but we'll get to that.
1: All right, yeah, so the 8-9 matchups, Iowa versus Auburn. Um, as Luke mentioned, I got Iowa in this game. I don't really like Iowa, but I hate Auburn, so give me the Hawkeyes in this one. They got the best player on the court in Chris Murray.
0: I have Iowa, too. I... Th- I think Iowa's the better team, but it does scare me that they're playing in Birmingham, Alabama. That's a home game for Auburn. It's it's a game I might switch, honestly. Right now,
2: I have Iowa. Luke, do you want to sell me on your Hawkeyes? I know they're your team. Yeah, I mean, I can. Auburn's lost nine on our last 13, including decent amount of actual home games like <laughs> this is technically Good point. location this is two hours from where they're from uh, i just like to mention that the fact that that's in birmingham on an eight nine line when iowa's the eight and they're the nine as opposed to putting them on the eight nine line in the west where it's in De- where it's in des moines which would make iowa home games it's a, little a higher seed yeah. i think that that's absolutely ridiculous from the committee uh but at the same time no time to make excuses this iowa team is really hungry uh, every time we've lost two in a row since conference play has started we've come back with a uh, few wins um so I, I really do i do like that about them uh we lost to nebraska and penn state back to back and then we uh went and beat indiana beat rutgers on the road which at that tough place to play beat michigan beat maryland four straight games right after we lost those two you lo- iowa loses at ohio state at michigan state not the best of losses and then you're be beating rutgers northwestern who is you know ranked pretty high at the time and and then illinois um and and then they lose two more to Northwestern Wisconsin. Then you respond by beating Michigan State and then Indiana on the road by like 22. So I like it. I like the fire. This Iowa team remembers what happened to them last year. Uh, I don't think they're overlooking this game. I think the way that they switch up defenses, because Auburn really doesn't shoot the ball from the perimeter that well. Iowa likes to play a lot of zone with their 1-3-1 one, one, and then falling into the 2-3. Uh, I think that that pushes Iowa through. It's just their ability to score and the fact that Auburn can't shoot the ball all that well um, because Iowa's gotten killed by teams that can shoot the ball super well not by teams that can't so that's why yeah. i have iowa winning that
0: first i game. mean iowa if if you've watched previous years iowa teams you, you kind of know what you're getting out of this team they're, they're gonna take a lot of shots and they're very good on offense but it, it's a game i still might switch i i, I think i was the better team but that birmingham for some reason is really scaring me but we'll see
1: Alright, so moving on into the 5-12 matchup in the Midwest, we got Miami, Florida taking on Drake. Luke, I know you're big on Drake. Who do you got winning this one?
2: I love the Bulldogs in this one. I, you know what, I think that Miami's a really good ball team. They they flashed last year a lot, and they're coming out of a relatively weak ACC. They lost to Florida State. It's like, I don't know. This team's a little bit a little bit off, and Drake is really hitting their stride right now. I mean, Drake's... I, I really like their experience. Roman Penn leading them, and then they have Sturge. But Tucker Devarize just played amazing this year. They have uh, Brody down low, uh, Darnell Brody down low. They, and then Sturge, just an unbelievable hustle player. The makeup of this team is is really, really well-founded. They have experience. They dominated their league. And this is just a twelve twelve 12 seed I would not want to face, especially since I think they um, – They line up pretty good against against Miami and they play really, really sound defense. Really good fundamental team in Drake. I'm
0: with you on Drake Luke. The listen to this, Dad. I think we mentioned it, but the average age of their starting lineup is twenty-three point one eight years old. That's older than I think the stat was a handful of NBA teams. So when you're talking about
2: experience, I mean, Drake's got it. Bradley and I'd just like to mention one more thing. I mean, Missouri Valley. Right, it's a good conference. Good conference. Bradley came in and whooped them, or they went to Bradley, got whooped, and that was for the one seed in the tournament. They lost by twelve points. That was their only loss since January eighteenth, and they come back and they beat Bradley by like twenty seven. Yeah, handily. In in the conference championship, and Bradley was not a terrible team either. No, they weren't. A lot of people thought Bradley was pretty sneaky good, and I mean the fact that Drake has taken care of business like that. Uh, I I really I really like this Drake team. Um, they beat Mississippi State earlier this year, and that's a really tough team to beat when you talk about a team of absolute mm-hmm. dogs. Uh, we'll get into them later, but I I think that Drake has shown all the flashes. They have the. They have the right components to make up the right the right team to to beat Miami here.
0: Drake is sixty sixth. In Ken Palm, that is above Arizona State and Pittsburgh,
2: who are at-large selections. Yeah, Alex, you, you had Miami last game.
1: Why? No, I've I've got Drake in this game. I was going into the tournament planning on picking Miami, but the injury to their starting center, mm-hmm. who no one talks about Norchad Omier, yep. is a mm-hmm. massive loss for this team. They're already undersized. I don't know whether he's going to play. There's no official word on him. But he's not going to be 100%. There's no way. If you saw the injury, it looked like he rolled his ankle pretty bad in that semifinal game against Duke. This injury really scares me, and that's why I'm rocking with Drake. And even when they had him, they barely scooted by Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. I mean,
2: inexcusable. If you got to be hitting your stride, you got to be winning those games. Uh,
1: more. Yeah, but the thing about a fully healthy Miami is they're led by Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong, which is tough to beat. Yeah, I'm not going to hate
0: too much on this Miami team because, like you, I— I was kind of considering picking them to go on a run, but but I, I just feel something with this Drake team. I think they just have too much experience
1: yeah, as a unit. I'm rocking with Drake. So all three of us take like the it. underdog in this one. i love to see it. Moving on into the four thirteen matchup, we got Indiana versus Kent State. Are you thinking what I'm thinking on
0: this one? Oh, Alex? my
1: God. I have never been more confident in a pick in my life. It's Kent State all the way. It's not going to be close. Uh, No, okay, Okay. it'll probably be close, but Kent State is going to win this game. We've talked about Kent State on this podcast before. Kent State, out of the MAC, they beat Toledo. They're a defensive-minded team. They lost at Houston by 5, and I actually have them playing Houston in the Sweet 16. And they lost at Gonzaga by 7. They lost at Charleston by 2. These are three tournament teams. One's a one seed. One's a 3 seed, one's an 11 seed. This Kent State team is dangerous. And if you look at that Houston game, their best player since your carry was 2 of 22 from the floor, and they lost by (laughs) 5. That is terrible. That will not happen again. Kent State is going to find a way to shut – they're not going to shut down TJD, but I think they find a way to shut down Hood Shofino, and TJD is not going to be enough to carry Indiana. I think that
0: Kent State should go into this game with just the notion that TJD is going to get his. Let's, let's, I don't want to say let's let it happen, but, you know, let's try to minimize as much as we can, but let's not get too distraught when TJD gets his. Let's try to minimize those other players. You know, try to shut down Jalen Huchifino best as we can. And I want, and I was going to mention exactly what you said. In their out-of-conference schedule, they played it really close with teams like Gonzaga and Houston. That's really impressive. That's a one seed and a three seed, respectively, in this bracket. And Kent State, they came out of the MAC and they beat a Toledo team that, was really hot in their own right in the MAC championship. I have Kent State here too. Luke, I know you disagree. Make
2: your case for Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis, he's more than just a player that's gonna get you points and rebounds. He's a facilitator. And when you look at when they played a player like that against Gonzaga, they did keep it close, right? Drew Timmy had 29 and 17. And i would even argue that trace jackson davis is more of a facilitator than drew timmy is you can argue that timmy's a better player down low than he is that's fair but trace jackson davis the way he draws defenders to him and he's able to dish the ball they're able to reverse the ball from what i've watched of indiana and just the play of jalen hood know i think that he's really going to take on a big role and if he plays well and, and i think trey galloway is going to take a big step up in this tournament i really like him too uh, i think that they can go far in this tournament also Kent State does put up a lot of points, um, but if Indiana is able to play at at third pace, which I think they'll be able to, and make it kind of physical half-court game, I think that they take it because you got, you know, you got Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. I don't think Kent State's going to get many second-chance opportunities, and I think that Indiana will. So I, I, I really think that that's it. If Indiana can dominate the paint, get second-chance opportunities, which I think they will, I have Indiana. All and right. that's why I pick them, going as far as they
1: I tend to agree with you, but that Houston game at Houston losing by five doesn't really worry me. So yes, I think it's safe to say that you can be worried about possibly offensive rebounds from Indiana. But let's go back to that Houston game. Houston's maybe the best offensive rebounding team in the country. Can we agree with that? That's Mm -hmm. yep. Do you want to know who had more shots that game? Kent State. By 13, they forced 23 turnovers against Houston against experienced backcourt. Huchofino is going to be swarmed. He's going to have a lot of turnovers, and Kent State's going to be rolling. When they got that crowd cheering for the boys, it's going to be Kent State. I like it. It better be Kent State. (sighs) It's going to be Kent State. Kent State does
2: average 11.4 turnovers a game. Not the worst. Indiana's a good defensive team. That's why I have Indiana, but you know what? I could very well see Kent State winning this, and I frankly could change my pick at some point. How
0: far do you have Indiana in your bracket? But
2: as of right now, I have Indiana going to my Final Four because I think that there's a spark in this Indiana team. I know that you guys have seen it too, Um, and it might come out. It might not, so it's a very, very risky pick to take them that far. It is, yeah. Um, And I also have Iowa beating Houston. If Marcus Sasser's not healthy, I think they have a really good shot because, again, as far as Iowa and Indiana are concerned, very streaky teams. Two teams that can lay absolute eggs, mm-hmm. like we've seen. But when but Indiana is teams, when Indiana's firing on all cylinders, though, you're, you're right. They're a really, really good team. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, with those two streaky teams, I'd have Indiana beating Iowa, and then I have Indiana beating another sleeper team to get to my final four, so we can move into the bottom half of the bracket. But I also am considering picking Drake over Indiana, too. I really
1: like Drake. Wow, okay. So, moving on, we got Iowa State, the 6 seed, taking on the winner... Of Mississippi State versus Pitt in the playing game, uh, I've got Iowa State in this one. What are your thoughts, Luka?
2: I don't think Iowa State's a very consistent team. Not impressed with them whatsoever on the. They were one of the worst road college basketball teams, like in all of college basketball this year. If you look at what they've done on the road, which is essentially nothing, and they're really good at Hilton. Uh, it's kind of nice to see Iowa State good again. It's just good for college basketball. Um, but Dan, do I love this Mississippi State team if they win. If Pitt wins, I think Iowa State beats them because um, that'll be a tight plan game, I think, but I really, really like Mississippi State. I think that they're really well coached. Um, they turn you over a lot. Uh, they play really good defense and things that when you look at Iowa State and what they've struggled with in losses, it really is um, shooting, turning over the basketball, things like that, and that's something that Mississippi State will do to you as an aggressive as an aggressive team, and Iowa State doesn't really have any like big men that impress me, which is kind of good for Michigan's or for Mississippi State because you know they're not a necessarily big team, um, but but yeah, I think that when you shut down like somebody like Gabe Kalscher, I think if you just shut down other you know key players, that Iowa State is very vulnerable. So and Mississippi State plays really well as a team. So
1: I will say if we get an Iowa State versus Mississippi State matchup, this might be the most boring game of the tournament. It's going to be... oh I
2: disagree. Virginia San Diego State.
1: Okay, that Maybe. we don't know that, that game. Iowa happening. State a Mississippi State is going to be a race to fifty. Whoever gets fifty first is going to win that game. Um, I just don't see it from Mississippi State. Tolu Smith, he's a nice piece, but their guard play is not good enough. This is an Iowa State team that's beat Baylor three times, I believe, this yeah. year. And we know that Iowa State's got some turning magic. Those Cyclone fans travel really well. Yes,
0: they do. I remember watching them in a game in Milwaukee once where uh, – actually multiple times. In- Deontay Burton. Yeah. Or even last year versus Wisconsin. There were – it was the game was in Milwaukee, and there were way more Iowa State fans than you'd think. I have Iowa State too, Alex. I'm not – too enamored with Mississippi State, and especially not Pitt. I think Pitt is terrible. I would like to make that abundantly clear. Pitt stinks. And Iowa State, ever since dismissing Caleb Grill from the team, it's it's appeared to be addition by subtraction a little bit. They've played a lot better. Yes, I know it's kind of a small sample size, but, I mean, people forget that, you know, think about two months ago, Iowa State was ranked like 12th-ish in the nation, pretty high. I think that they might be returning a little bit closer to that caliber of basketball, as opposed to what we were seeing three weeks ago when it seemed like they couldn't even beat, I don't know, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So
1: yeah, they're they've been playing a little better. They kept it close with Kansas in the Big Twelve semis, and this is an experienced team as well. They got two Bonnie's transfers in Osun Unui, however you want to pronounce his name, in the center. <laughs> and Jaron Holmes has been a stud yes, I like for Iowa State, running the show. I've got them winning too. I got them beating Xavier. In the I do too. All right, there I just, we go.
2: I mean, you look at some Mississippi State's wins at Marquette, fifty-eight, fifty-five, locking Marquette. I mean, side. I mean, still. Early I
1: season, not the same Marquette team. Okay, doesn't count.
2: They beat. They beat, They won at Akron.
1: But, okay. By twenty. Okay. By at twenty. Akron. They
2: beat TCU, who I know that you love. So for I mean, it, I just I, I see I see good flashes from them, um, and I just think, like I said, IOC is just too vulnerable for me. Maybe that's just rooted in hate. I don't really know. <laughs> but when I watched Iowa State play at Iowa and just get absolutely blown out, and they never even came close getting back in the game, like at least Indiana showed signs of life, like when they were getting blown out by Iowa both times. But like Iowa State, like I was watching them hit the side of the backboard with threes. It was absolutely. <laughs> I accident. would.
1: I would just like to pull this Ken Palm. Mississippi State is forty ninth, hundred sixty fourth best offense in the country. Granted, six on defense. See, that's what I'm saying. Then we look at Iowa State, 96 offense, eight defense. I'm telling you, this game is going to be a rock fight. It will. First to 50, winner. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Do we think Pitt stands a chance? I really don't I, think so. No, I love how we're him. all ruling I out Pitt. Because I do. <laughs> I, I do. Can, we just, can we just not rule
2: out Pitt completely? I'm going to rule I'm out, I'm Pitt out Pitt completely. Pitt. Because I'm not picking them in either of the, Like, if I were to pit, like bet on the 11 play-in game, I wouldn't pick them either. But you did use the argument earlier. Average age is like twenty-two point something on pit yep. two. They're full of transfers. They have a lot of experience, so there's an argument to be made there. Playing in the ACC is not great, and they were just pretty much really good at home. I don't trust them whatsoever, but I'm not just going to rule them out. I think that there's something to this pit team because, especially since nobody expected them to do anything, they're really playing with house money here. Which I think I mean, yeah, but I don't know still. if
0: that's a reason to pick them. I, I just think Pitt is terrible. My eyes have told me that they stink and I will not be picking Pitt even if it was a gun to my head.
1: It's like at the end of the day, they're not playing at the zoo. Okay. Correct. They're not. They so beat Virginia they
2: this year. They ain't winning games. I'm just saying, like they have they have some dog in them. Is that dog gonna come out or is it not? It really you really don't know who you're getting out of those old guys, like whether it's gonna be you know, is Greg Elliott going to go for 22, or is he going to no, go for, not. like, two points? He's because because that's him. that's a question of all five of them on a nightly basis. Way too inconsistent against a team like Mississippi State, who are absolute hounds on defense. And even if they beat them, Iowa State, hounds on defense. Don't trust Pitt. So I'm not picking them in either, but I'm not going to rule them out either.
1: All right. That was that was a pretty big debate on some, in my opinion, pretty mid-team. <laughs> um But moving on, we got Xavier as a three versus Kennesaw State. Xavier as a three was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, They're without Zach Fremantle, who is arguably their second-best player um, throughout the regular season. That's a huge loss for them, which is why I only have them winning one But they've been
0: without him for... Quite a few weeks now, and they haven't been playing bad basketball. Yes, I know Marquette really handed it to them in the Big East Championship, but they still had to get to the Big East Championship, did they not?
2: Marquette was a freight train at that point, too. Yeah. We should mention that.
0: I agree. that I'm not saying they're a better team without Fremantle or anything absurd like that, but... I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we can just say, "Oh, they don't have Fremantle; they're they're going to be terrible." I they'll beat Kennesaw State. Luke you mentioned Kennesaw State earlier Has a fourteen seed that you kind of
2: like their first tournament yeah, appearance but man, ever. But goddamn, I love Xavier. Yeah. just I mean, I, and and really, even when you look at it, Xavier blew out Creighton in that Big East semifinal, mm-hmm. and exactly. You, you I'm, not, at, I'm not. not at, out not And Xavier. you look at like losing Fremantle. You're you're going up against Calkbrenner. Nunji has seventeen and seven. He's an experienced vet. He's capable. What is he? Is he like second or third team all big? Is he third team all Big East? Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, he's not. I think that he's a capable player, and an experienced vet. And then you have Sule Boom, who's just man. That that guy's a stud. I mean, what what can't you say about him? Easily, I don't know. Except like when Stevie said, Mitchell's guard. How how is he not? Wasn't he not unanimously Big Ten? Big or East, I mean, Big yeah. East uh, first team. Yeah, he, he should wasn't have been unanimous. That's ridiculous. Shocking, but.
1: Sule Boom UTEP transfer. Um, he's been around. He's an absolute stud mm-hmm. on Xavier. You gotta give him that. I think the key for Xavier if they want to make a run is Colby Jones. Yep. If Colby Jones is knocking down shots, they can go on a run. I just don't see it. Um, I got Iowa State one and two.
2: I'd have Xavier beating Mississippi State, but I don't think Xavier gets past. I think that their ceiling right now is Sweet Sixteen. I don't know if you guys would agree, but that's where I have. Well, maybe ceiling Elite 8, but much more realistically Sweet 16. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because it could pull some magic or something.
0: But so I have think... you got them just winning one team? I have them only winning one game. I have Iowa State. I wanted a little bit more Big 12 exposure because I looked at my Elite 8 and I saw I only had one
2: Big 12 team. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, let me pencil in Iowa State to the Sweet 16. And I would, I would so, even say Jack Nungy is a bigger key player than Colby Jones. You look at who screwed the pooch in the Marquette game and I think that Jack Nungy has to be the poster boy for that Uh 6.7 rebounds not going to get the job well, you can much. what you about can Sule Boom? Sule
1: Boom having one point in that game
2: I mean that 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 too I suppose there's a lot the there. we're talking that's about the screwing the, the pooch
1: reason.
2: yeah well <laughs> either way I, I mean this Xavier team is decent solid missing Fremantle they'll get a win or two not gonna go final four no doubt yeah. they're, no they're fun
1: to watch they're good offensively I'll give them that um, but moving on in the seven ten matchup, we got Texas A and M, who we talked about briefly at the start of the podcast, taking on Penn State, who just lost in the Big Ten final to Purdue. Hell of a run by Penn State yeah, to get there, by the really way. Really good a run. I mean, they,
2: if without that, they're probably not making this. And don't this for, field a sixty eight. And don't forget their last game against Maryland, where they came back like they were at home. They came back and won huge win to get them off the bubble at the time against Maryland, or at least on the right side of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And Maryland was not an easy team to beat. Um, and then after that, they make that Big Ten tournament run, so a lot of credit to Penn State. They shoot the ball really, really well, guys.
1: Yeah, defensively, Penn State tr- struggles, which is why I've got A&M in this one. I just think they're more balanced. Um, I really like Wade Taylor and the job that Buzz Williams has done yeah. at Texas A&M, but Jalen Pickett is an absolute stud on Penn State. Look yeah, I mean, he's he's
0: the best player yeah. on the court in this game, no doubt yeah. about it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you.
0: And when he's on and then... You know the other ancillary pieces on Penn State are hitting three pointers, mm-hmm. making their shots. Penn State's dangerous. I do have Texas A and M here though. I really liked what they showed me in the SEC tournament, and they've just been building up steam all year. I mean, what was their record in the SEC? Wasn't it like fifteen and four yeah, was, or something yeah, like that? It was, yeah, it was. They finished second.
2: I mean, and they that's, not the SEC that's not SEC championship. That's not something around. to overlook. And and let's just mention they were ranked at the beginning of the year, high expectations. But then they lose to Murray State, Colorado, Boise State, Memphis, Wofford. Not all horrible losses. If you look like Memphis and Boise State, but the other ones not good. But then since Christmas, they really, really turned it on. They lost. They only lost to Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and then Alabama in the in the in the championship. Who they had beat to? Who they had beat exactly a week before? This team I love. They are in my elite eight. I'm not afraid to say it. But let me give some respect to Penn State because this is no easy first game for them, and I could very easily see Penn State winning this game. I think that Texas A&M is going to win against Penn State primarily because they've been hot, better conference. Um, I think that they can play at any pace of play. I don't know if Penn State can do that. I don't think Penn State showed me enough in the half-court game today. But when you look at specifically with A&M and in their winning against Alabama, again specifically, Wade Taylor, that guy is a stud. You look at oh, him, yeah. he's so shifty. He can make his own shot. They're really aggressive on the glass. They're really good defenders. I just think that A&M is a team that's really, really spooky on that seven line. They're disrespected. They're going to come out and play with some fire. And, yeah, I feel bad for Texas next round because The real state rivalry
0: play, matchup, yeah, possibly, Texas a and versus Texas
2: in and, the second round. And whether they play A&M or Penn State— that's neither of those are going to be an easy matchup for them. That's just a tough 7-10 draw, in yeah. my opinion. And but I talk, love A&M.
1: You talked about A&M playing with some fire. This is a team that a lot of people thought were going to sneak in last year because they picked yeah. it up mm-hmm. at the end of last year, and obviously they didn't. But they're definitely going to be playing with a chip on their shoulders. So yeah. look out for Tamu. I've only got them winning one, and I got them losing to Texas in the next round. As do I.
2: The absolute ass whooping they put on Vandy, too, when Vandy
1: needed a win was...
2: They couldn't miss. They just they yeah. just looked like dominant team. They look like one of those teams that's gonna go far. So I that's why I have them in my elite eight.
1: Yeah. So this next game two versus fifteen, we got Texas versus Colgate Toothpaste Gang. Shout out them. They've been in the tournament a few years in a row now. I
2: picked them a few years ago in the tournament when they all. Versus won. Arkansas. Yeah, they should have won. That was a choke,
1: but. Yeah, I've got Texas. They're just really well. Yeah. well-rounded they got great guards dylan dsu christian bishop's having a nice year let's not
0: forget about sergey barry rice yep
1: sergey barry rice uh big 12 six man of the year very well deserved he would start on any team in the country yeah um i like texas i got him going final and four. you know
0: even with the dismissal of chris beard and all that hoopla
1: yeah
0: <laughs> hoopla. they really have i mean after maybe for a week or two they were a little rocky but since then they really have not skipped a beat what's the name of their um their placement coach again cuz Rodney Terry I think he's yeah, going to be there. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to be there full time after this. That as blow, he should be. Yeah. That blowout yeah. win
2: against Kansas showed a lot. Yeah, I mean that was a really like it, like, it was really good really good defensive work from them. And yeah, I mean, we haven't really mentioned Marcus Carr yet, have we? No. no. Carr's a star. I love Marcus Carr, Experience, great Guard. Love Marcus Carr. I I mean, yeah, their their backcourts really really talented. So, yeah. they're a really athletic team. So, yeah, I could see him going far, but that Texas A&M team just has too much magic for me going into the next round and People are sleeping on Texas AM. and so.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about Texas a little bit more. Their ceiling is national championship. Absolutely. Right. I don't think I that's agree. any debate. I think the key for Texas, if they want to win, is Tyrese Hunter's ability to hit threes. We saw him do that last year on Iowa State in the tournament. If they want to win it all, they need Tyrese Hunter to knock down some shots.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have Texas in my Elite Eight, and I'm considering putting them in my Final Four with Houston. I probably won't, but this Texas
2: team is really, really good, even without Chris Beard. I am so excited to watch, first of all, Texas A&M-Penn State. going to be a hell of a game. That's, in my opinion, going to be the wait, best Wait, wait, wait. Luke, are you, are you
0: looking forward to watching Texas A&M play basketball? I'm curious.
2: I can't stress it enough. <laughs> I can't stress enough. I'm sorry. But watching Texas A&M play Penn State, a really, really good ball team playing with fire right now. And then, after they beat them, watching, watching them play Texas – that, I mean, that, that section is just a phenomenal section for me. I love that. Those are going to be two outstanding games of basketball. Yeah. So I'm
1: I'm very excited for that. Shall right. we move into the West? Moving into the last region. I think this region is loaded, like I said at the beginning. Yes, it Starting is. Starting with the one seed Kansas Jayhawks looking to repeat. They've got the Howard Bison, or the Bison of Howard, as Dumble <laughs> said it, uh, which was very shocking to me, but... Kansas is going to run at Howard. I think they have 17 quad one wins. Yeah,
0: I I don't know if it's 17. That sounds about right. But I mean, I think they set a record with the amount of quad one wins. Yeah,
2: hell of a game to to see Howard get in the finals, though. So that complete choke job from Norfolk State was was something else, man. I don't know if you guys saw the ending of that game, but that was that was incredible. How Howard won, I just did not expect it. Very big choke job, but yeah. I mean, obviously Kansas, defending national champs. Yeah, and and also Waller on this last quadrant. Do we just want to recap our three final four teams that we have well, so Let's let's do it at or, let's do it at the or end. Do we want to do all yeah. four at the end? Let's all do right, it at the okay. end. Okay. Well, Kansas unanimously easy. All right. Let's go to the next one.
1: Moving on to the next game. Arkansas versus Illinois in the 8-9 matchup. It's an interesting one. I've got Illinois. I
0: know that you have not been high on Illinois this year, so i I would love to hear your reasoning.
1: That Arkansas game against Texas A&M when they were up 14 at half really showed me their inexperience, their youth. They are talented. I will give them that, but I'm going to lean on Matt Mayer and Terrence Shannon in March to get them past Arkansas in the first round. Showed me
2: A&M as them dogs also, <laughs> also. Also,
1: I I am now
2: going to be changing my pick to Illinois.
1: Glad well, this could hop on board. This, this is dude. a
2: this is a tough one. I had Arkansas because of their athleticism. Uh, there's reverse line movement in that game already, fellas. Oh, man. <laughs> 90%. On Arkansas, 3.96% on Arkansas, minus 155. And Arkansas just dropped to minus 2.5, despite 90% of money being on them. I know it's early, and things are going to change. That is interesting. But Illinois is a very, very scrappy team. I think Brad Underwood, the job he's done at that program, by the way, in the past, however since he's took over, because he kind of inherited
0: a dead program. During the regular so. season, yes. I mean, yeah. there have
2: probably been... People are looking for some answers
1: in the I mean, it's the same
2: thing with Fran and Matt Painter and actually a bunch of these Big Ten coaches. But at the same time, I I mean, Illinois is a tough team to beat overall. Not saying they're not beatable, but they're pretty much going to be in every game. They don't really get blown out either as far as we've seen this season. So I... Like this Illinois team, and like you said, Alex, I think the inexperience of Arkansas is a good point, especially when seeing that reverse line move and thinking about it a little bit more. I, I, I would agree. Where's Arkansas on uh, Ken Palm right now? They're decently high. They're 20th in Ken Palm.
0: Illinois is 33rd. So Ken Palm certainly likes Arkansas. I'll get into my pick. I actually do have Arkansas, but I think it is going to be a good game. Um, Arkansas, yeah, you guys mentioned it. Yes, they're young, they're inexperienced, but they're super athletic and super talented. And I think that they're sort of getting healthy at the right time of the year. We mentioned Nick Smith coming back, getting healthy. And I think in the second round, Arkansas matches up at least decent with Kansas. It's true. I, I have Arkansas beating Kansas and making it to the Sweet 16. I always kind of like to call my shot with 1-1 seed getting upset in the second round just because if it hits, you know, that's something that you'll remember forever. I'm calling my shot with Arkansas over Kansas, but... I would not be surprised by any means if Illinois beats Arkansas because Illinois is super, super talented. They've got a lot of really good players on that team. They haven't put it together really at any point this year, I wouldn't say. But if you talk about Arkansas's talent, you can't forget about Illinois's talent as well.
1: I mean, Taron Shannon is a dog. I think he's going to be able to step up and crunch yeah. them in that close And game. as long as a Matt shot, if they need, as long it. as
0: Matt Meyer doesn't get caffeine poisoning from drinking five Monster Energy
1: drinks, he'll be good to go. He'll yeah. be good to go too. I think maybe maybe a, hold
2: it to three this time. Yeah, I'm, yeah.
1: I think the eight nine matchups are going to be very interesting this year. I can see a lot of them going either way. Yeah. Um, but then moving into the five twelve matchup, we got St Mary's versus VCU, and I know VCU is another team that both of you guys like. The hardest matchup for me to pick. Right? I, I actually so struggled with this one, one. too, and, and
2: and I'm going with VCU just because I've been on that VCU wagon since October. I've been on them since the beginning of the year. Said the A ten was their conference. I remember talking to Westy about it. He was like, dude, the A-10 St. Louis. Like, no, it's not. It's, it's VCU. <laughs> okay, Slew
1: actually stinks. Like, yeah, we need to I, I off would the agree. Like, I was not I ever honest. Well, Slew was VCU. terrible this year. No, but preseason, everyone like I know. Reason, loved like, them. I know.
2: Yeah, but but man, VCU, them dogs, dude. I, dem dogs. I have VCU as well. I really – It's a really tough match. I
0: hated me. what I saw from St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference Championship game. Between them and Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga is a super good team. But St. Mary's couldn't even make a layup. And yeah, you can say that's one game. But they looked frazzled. And I think Gonzaga kind of gave the script for how to beat St. Mary's. They really pressed all their guards and just hounded them on defense. Even though that's not Gonzaga's strong point.
2: It's really not. they struggled with the press in the game before that too. BYU almost came back on them.
0: I, I think that if VCU can just play a really physical brand of basketball and hound them on defense... I think they can come away with the victory. Yeah. I have VCU, and it was a tough game to pick because, you know, we talk so much about Ken Palm. Ken Palm loves St. Mary's. They're I'm, 11th yeah. in Ken Palm.
2: And, and I love both of these teams, too. I really, I mean, I Whereas talk, VCU is 58th, which is not actually terrible for a twelve seed. That's actually all right. But I was—because I was telling you guys before, I was like, man, there are, like, three teams I love, and it's VCU, St. Mary's, and Texas A&M, at least, like, a week ago. Yeah, And now, of course, two of them are playing, so that kind of really rattled— rattle my bones a little bit. But but at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, VCU playing their aggressive band, brand of basketball, they got some experienced players, Brandon Johns Jr., Seb Jackson, Um, our two Michigan transfers on the team. Obviously, they have some even better players, but they turn teams over an average of 16.7 times a game. And they can put up points. And we saw that that press against BYU and against Gonzaga. That's why Gonzaga went to it is because they saw how, you know, the difficulty saint mary's had against it alex against i want to hear BYU your case for saint Mary's. i'm all vcu here although yeah, if to say because Mar- there certainly is a case to be made for saint mary's i don't want to make it seem I will say like if saint mary's wins i think they beat uconn and go to the sweet 16.
1: yeah i'll i'll make the case for saint mary's because i got them winning it's going to be a very slow game it's going to be slow pace saint <laughs> mary's plays really slow vcu is probably going to play slow as well mm-hmm. but for me it comes down to the guard play I love Ace Baldwin of VCU. He's the leader of that team. You got to watch out for him. But at the end of the day, I like Logan Johnson better. And I also like Aiden Mahaney. I like the experience. They're well coached. I'm rocking with the Gales in the first round. Although Mahaney is a freshman. He is a freshman. And he kind of
0: showed being a freshman against Gonzaga in the second game. Let's not forget, though, that he also stepped the hell up versus Gonzaga in their first matchup when he scored, what, 30 points? Seemed like every... Possession and crunch time—he's taking it to the cups. Also,
1: Logan Johnson—he's not just a scorer. He was the defensive player of the year in the mm-hmm. WCC. I think he's gonna give Ace, Ace Baldwin fits um, when he's bringing off the ball for VCU. So if I got you, I got the Gales.
2: So if you're VCU, you, you try to make this game chaos. That's your brand of basketball. You're scrappy. You want to turn them over. Yes. Things like that. If you're St. Mary's, you got to stick to your brand. St. Mary's only turns it over ten point seven times yep. a game. I'm gonna trust. To I'm gonna
1: trust run. that experience and look past that Gonzaga game in the. Uh, wcc championship just for this round because i got yeah. them lose in the next round and these so. these are
2: always very tough ones to judge when they're the opposite brands of basketball although they both play half court basketball it's still very opposite in style of how they play so it's it's a very difficult one two very talented teams that we wish we didn't have to
1: pick against each other yeah but. i agree um so moving on in the 413 we got yukon versus iona another very intriguing matchup here who do you guys got
0: I have UConn not only winning this game, but winning it all. I'm not as concerned about Iona. There's a lot of buzz surrounding Rick Pitino. He's going to leave Iona after this year, get a new head coaching job somewhere, You know whether that be at St. John's, which is the rumored place, or elsewhere. I'm not saying that he's not going to care about this game. I I mean, he, that would be silly for me to say. He certainly will. But I, I just think that there's a little bit – too much news about Iona that's not really surrounding their team right now and I think UConn will handle Iona and this UConn team is really 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 good. With Sonogo down low their defense and then guys hitting their shots especially Jordan Hawkins I mean this UConn team is special coming out of the Big East and you know it honestly shows how good Marquette is beating UConn in the Big East tournament.
1: Yeah I I absolutely love UConn. Whenever I watch them play, I think this is a team that can definitely win it all. I've got them going to the Elite Eight losing as of right now. That could very well change. The only reason I, I'm i hesitant to pick UConn is Hurley hasn't gotten them to do anything in the tournament. That's true. And they have burned me really bad in recent years. Um, But I do have them beating Iona. I do have them going to the Elite Eight. You mentioned Jordan Hawkins. If he's hitting shots, they are a very, very, very tough team to beat. And they need Andre Jackson to give them a little bit of production on offense if they want to win at all. But I agree. It's a team that definitely could. UConn's a very spooky team.
2: Very spooky. Oh, yeah. They're in my Sweet 16, too. Wouldn't be shocked if they beat Kansas. Um, but as far as the first round goes, I'd say UConn, but cautiously UConn, because Rick Petino is going to have the boys going at least first half. But I, I think that. By the second half, UConn will make the necessary adjustments and and kind of run away with it. But again, cautiously, but don't get too too worried if UConn's down early.
1: And another thing to mention about this UConn team, which I guess furthers my point as to why I can see them making a run, is they're very deep, very 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 mm-hmm. deep. They can go nine deep. That's what I like about. And that's lot. gonna cause a lot of problems for some teams. Yeah. Well.
0: And they meet the Kenpa metric for teams that have won it all. Mm-hmm. It's top 30 in adjusted defense, top 40 in adjusted offense, or top 20, yeah. top 30.
1: I mean, if you watch that semifinal game, Marquette-UConn, that was one of the most intense, mm-hmm. high-level basketball games I've witnessed all year. It was just back and forth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to the 6-11, TCU is going to take on the winner of ASU-Nevada. I actually like this ASU team defensively. Um, They beat Arizona on that buzzer beater at Zona in the regular season. They knocked off USC in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, I like Arizona State. I just don't see them beating TCU. If they were possibly in a different spot, I would pick them. Um, but I really like this TCU team.
2: You don't. You don't see Nevada getting an up, getting a crack at TCU. No,
1: I really don't. <laughs> Charlie, I don't, do you see? I don't think ne- Nevada should sniff the tournament. Personally, no, they shouldn't.
0: Both these teams rank like 66th and 67th in the net, which is just despicable. Considering <laughs> Rutgers ranks 40th, I think 43rd, something like that. Yeah, I think TCU handles whichever one of these teams wins their playing game. I'm not too concerned about them. One thing to note, though, is that TCU is without Eddie Lampkin. Yes, I know that he's not, you know, one of the best players on the team or anything like that. But he was a spark plug yeah, for that for team. Sure, yeah. He really was. <clears throat> and I think that him leaving, I mean, maybe that causes something to go wrong with them. But Mike Miles is just such a stud for TCU that I have got them winning this game. But the one thing to note about TCU is that they're not the best three-point shooting team I think, as a team, they shoot under
2: 30%. Yeah, I have TCU winning this game, but then losing to Gonzaga next year. Yeah, as so, do I. Um, but, yeah, also, just on Nevada quickly, I've never seen a team that was on the bubble lose to lose three straight games to, like, quad three teams. So the last three games of the season, lost to Wyoming, lost to UNLV, lost to San Jose State and they still make the tournament. Yeah, that is that's crazy <laughs> wow. to me cuz you're they're on the bubble pretty much going
0: into. Oh, that's that mind-boggling. I hate Nevada. <sighs> I just hate them.
1: Yeah, so getting on TCU, I have them winning two games and I've debated picking them winning more games. I think if this team is on they can go to the final four for sure. I think they're very talented. They need to knock down shots to do that, which they struggle with, but Emmanuel Miller does everything I do like Emmanuel Miller. They also That's have a name Damian Baugh and Chuck O'Bannon, who are good guards, and obviously Mike Miles. The one thing that worries me is they don't really have a dominant big. Especially without Eddie. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a tough matchup for them if they see the Zags in the next round, but I think they can pull it off personally. So, yeah, moving on into that 3-14 matchup, we got Gonzaga versus the Lopes. The, Loke, Grand the Lopes just aren't good this it's year, just... man. They're just
2: not good. They won because some teams got upset in that conference. Yeah, and like, as far as
0: I'm concerned, Grand Canyon is an, is, is an online school, so I will not
2: be picking them. Gonzaga um, has been playing great basketball lately. Yeah, I, I mean, Zags. I like the Zags this year. I, I'd like Zags to go to my Elite Eight, which is something you'll you, I do you too. Rarely, you rarely hear that from me, but I, I really do. I think that they're playing well. I think Drew Timmy is one of the. He's become pretty overlooked, and that's weird to say because. With Gonzaga struggling a little bit more this year, not being on the one line, I mean, you still hear a lot about Drew Timmy, but, but not as much as you've heard in even previous years, in my opinion. And I think that he's going to remind people, and Gonzaga's got a little bit less pressure as a three seed, as to why Gonzaga's a dominant basketball program. Right, so, and let's not forget that they
0: have the number one offense in the nation. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've got Gonzaga winning one, and the reason why I picked TCU over the Zags in the second round is TCU leads the country in fast-break points, and that is something the Zags are not used to in the WCC. It's going to be a big wake up call when the guards of TCU are just running up and down the floor against them.
0: Yeah, because even St. Mary's—I mean, one of the better teams in WCC—that's certainly not their
1: brand of basketball. Yep. Um, I don't know. I can definitely see the Zags making a run. They're so talented. Yeah. Um, I just think TCU—if they—if they make a few threes, they'll beat the Zags.
0: Next up, we have a battle of the stinkers. Seven-seeded Northwestern versus 10-seeded Boise State. I think these teams stink.
2: I think you need to quit hating on Northwestern so much because guess what? I thought that they were overrated earlier in the year. But right now, them being a seven-seed, I'm not going to say I'm completely impressed with them or they're going to make a giant run. But I think they're better than people expect, and I think they take care of Boise State with ease, to be honest. I I think that Northwestern plays as a team really well. I think Chris Collins has done great with that program, by the way, and since he's taken over, getting them to the NCAA tournament twice now in like the last five years, which was unheard of before that. Um, but so, yeah, I have Northwestern this game. I don't think Boise State is consistent at all, and I'm just not a Mountain West guy either. I think that the Mountain West improved this year, but I just don't really see Boise State winning this game against Northwestern.
1: Okay, you're a big a fan, aren't you? Yeah. Do you want to explain the Boise State 15 point win against
2: them? Wasn't that? During I mean, that's A&M's out of conference. My, my, my whole argument for ANM was after Christmas, they just turn it up completely. A completely different ball club. Okay. They were like seven and five out of conference against completely ass teams, and then they come into SEC play, look like a brand new ball club, and and they're winning. They're winning games or beating Alabama. That team that played Boise State and lost by 15 to Boise State would have gotten beat by 40 by alabama at that point in time but they improved a lot um and and that's and that's that was my argument it wasn't earlier in the season it's how they've developed through the season and jay wright would agree with me because he made the same point on, on selection sunday okay. so
1: just want to throw that out there because i know you're a big a guy yeah but i'm all over boise state in this game that's Northwestern, luke northwestern went on one good run they suck on offense, they absolutely suck. On offense, Boo Booey is their only scorer. They have veteran guard. Disagree. Chase Audige
2: can knock it down. <laughs> he can knock it down, dude. If, we're, if
1: we're talking about Chase Audige as a scorer, I don't even know what this conversation is. Chase Audige can hit shots. What are, you, what are you talking no. about? No. Chase Aldiz is defense. He's all defense, offensively. He's a two-way he's player. He's not good. He's, he's a 6 he tool guy. is not good. He's maybe a slightly better Caleb McConnell on offense. That is – no,
0: no, 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 I will not hear that. That and, is – Okay, that, and is I, is I, not a great – Ty, 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 Ty Barry's, Barry's had a good Caleb year, Caleb year, too, McConnell by the way. stinks
1: on offense.
0: Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's not a good cop. So Chase do is just a way better offensive
1: so player. He averages 14.
2: He averages 14 a game. I don't see Caleb how Caleb McConnell averages maybe 5.3 player. a game.
1: I'm sorry, there is no chance that Northwestern... Don't, make, a don't
0: force me to start making a case for Northwestern, because I don't like them either. I have them beating Boise State just because I'm going to trust the senior combo of Boo-Booey and chase out yeah, By the way, that's, a din- that's
2: just like two great names. Yeah, they, they have three good guards, all upperclassmen, and Their first te- three, three experience those, all Those Those guys are both first-team, all-cool name. Yeah, and Ty Berry is the other guy. He's, he's been getting the job done for him too. I think those three guards lead him to victory here. Boise State, just too inconsistent for me. Frankly, this is not a game I'm going to care about.
1: Boise State has five players that average double figures. How well, is that inconsistent? Explain this to me.
2: They, they have a big win, or they have a loss at San Jose State, big win against San Diego State, and then they respond by giving up 86 to Utah State. I get it. They're in the tournament, too. Utah
1: State's good a good team.
2: And then they let UNLV take them to overtime. I just, I just do not trust this Boise State team whatsoever because I don't trust them out in team. That's part of it.
1: I'm so unbelievably confident in this Boise State team to take down Northwestern. It's not fun. I
0: wanted to pick against Northwestern really badly, but I can't when it's Boise State.
1: I mean, if we're seriously going to just, like, straight-up talk about matchups, like, we can do that for just about any team in the country. Like, Northwestern, how do we lose to Illinois, Ohio State? Like... You're just pulling random games. I don't think that's a valid argument. If Boise you State, pulled at Illinois. It seemed that you're having winning their 8-9 matchup. <laughs> that, that, fact, that doesn't make any sense. As a matter of fact,
2: also, I think that if Boise State played in the Big Ten, they would have probably lost to some of those teams, too. I just don't think that they would be consistent enough to thrive in the Big Ten. If Boise State played in the Big Ten, they'd be in a Michigan-esque situation right now.
1: Northwestern is by far the weakest seven seed. Okay, and I
2: don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that point. I would I'm just agree with that.
0: that. They're better yeah. than Boise State. We're just talking about they just have to beat one team. They don't have to beat the other seven seeds.
1: And they're playing in Sacramento. Just like throw that out. There. Ah, yes, I'm sure, sure the Boise State faithful is going to travel across state for this game. You're going to be seeing a lot of blue. You're going to be seeing a lot of blue.
0: We've spent too much time on this game. Let's just wrap it up here with UCLA versus UNC Asheville. UCLA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got UCLA. Um, I got UCLA in my final four.
0: Even the, with the Jalen Clark injury and Adem Clark Bona. Was, I don't know if he's coming back.
1: Adem Bona is going to be fine. Okay. He had a shoulder injury. They said he'll be ready for the tournament, I believe. But you look at when they played without Clark and Bona against Zona in the Pac-12 championship. They lost by two games. <laughs> that was a nice rhyme Two scheme. points. That was a nice rhyme er, scheme right points, there. Two points, yes. And those officials were terrible. I think Amari Bailey looked really good. And he's going to step up big in this tournament. He's I think, Yeah, I think he freshman. has to. I got them going to my championship game, actually.
0: I really like UCLA, even with the Jalen Clark injury. I have them in the Sweet 16 getting beat by the Zags. But I think that's, if it happens,
2: going to be a really, really good game. And I would love to watch it. A little
1: Final Four rematch. It's a rematch.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and UCL- UCLA, too. I mean, I mean, UNC Asheville has a very good player in uh, Pembroke, but I just... I mean the only impress the most impressive thing they've done all year is beat UCF in double overtime. That's not selling it for me. Like just not even close. So UCLA by a mile. Um and as far as how far they go, I like Gonzaga over them in the Sweet Sixteen, but that could very well change in my bracket, because that'll be a hell of a game. Or even if they play TCU, um, then that'll also be a hell of a game. So
0: Yeah, that just wraps up our breakdown. That was a good hour and forty minutes. Um shall we give our elite eight and then final four and then championship games
1: yeah so i can start with mine my elite eight consists of alabama baylor duke marquette houston texas uconn ucla final four bama duke texas ucla championship game i got alabama taken down ucla
0: all right i actually have a lot of the same elite eight but once it gets to the final four mine's very different so i have alabama creighton Duke, Marquette, Houston, Texas, and then UConn and Gonzaga. My final four is one seeded Alabama, two seeded Marquette, one seeded Houston, and four seeded UConn. And then in the championship game, I have the Huskies from UConn out of the Big East cutting down the nets versus Alabama.
2: My lead eight is a little bit of, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, a unique perspective. <laughs> but we'll start off. We'll start off with you know the chalk kind of thing. So uh, I have Alabama and Arizona playing each other. Um, I have I then have Purdue and Kentucky playing each other because I think if Kentucky catches fire I don't want to play Kentucky hot um, so I have that but again that could change but as of right now Alabama, Arizona Purdue, Kentucky and then I have Indiana and Texas A&M which is probably the boldest of picks um, of my Elite 8 picks yeah, and then yeah. I have Kansas and Gonzaga in the West so the East and the Midwest could go a number of ways in my opinion Um, but those are my elite eight teams. Then final four, I have Arizona, Purdue, Indiana, and Kansas in my final four. And in the championship game, I have Arizona beating Kansas. I think it's going to be so interesting to see what happens in the West.
1: Yeah, the West is going to be so really,
0: many really good interesting. teams. I hate that my winner is coming out of the West. Honestly, yeah. it scares me. Um, but that's what March but is ahead. for. Yeah, it's for making your pick.
1: And also, I'm just going to throw out there Wesley's Elite Eight Yes. Final We Four. wish he could be
0: on the podcast today. He's on a little skiing getaway with his yeah. dad, so he's good He's in for Montana.
1: Um, I know the Montana State fans are really going to be pulling for them out of the big sky. <laughs> um, but here's Wesley's Elite Eight for you. From the south, he's got Alabama and Arizona. From the east, he's got Memphis and Marquette. Interesting pick of Memphis. Yeah. I actually don't hate it. From the Midwest, he's got Houston and Texas. And from the West, he's got UConn and the Zags. In his Final Four, he has Bama versus Marquette and Houston versus the Zags. He's got Bama versus Houston in his championship game. Wow, talk about chalk. And, I'm and so to be honest, I'm Wesley so didn't even send me his winner pick. <laughs> um, so it's either Alabama let's call it, let's, or Houston. Let's call it Houston. I think it would be the Cougs because Wesley's a big Cougs guy. Yeah,
0: that, that was a long podcast, gents, but... Uh...
1: Yeah, if you guys make it through the whole episode, credit to you guys. Hopefully our brackets are better than. If so you last made it through year. the whole
0: episode and you loved it, please leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. Um, and make sure to join our bracket challenge on ESPN. Once again, the username is or the group name rather is Made in March 2023. Correct. And I think there might be two spaces between March and 2023 instead of one, so maybe look out for that. But yeah, join it. Winner gets 50 bucks. See if you can beat our brackets. Um, Yeah, it was a blast, and until next time, this is Made in March.